Welcome to House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you're ready to get your physical, emotional, and spiritual life in order, join us for the next hour as we meet some interesting people who will share stories of success and wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Now, here's Dr. Connie. Thank you for tuning in today. I am so excited. I am Dr. Connie Mariano. I'm your host for this week's House Calls, and I've got a special show today. It is going to be such a great show that we're going to broadcast it again next week on Thanksgiving Day, so double, doubly special. But before I introduce our special guests and go into my little monologue, I want to do my weekly honorable mentions, because I, as I mentioned before, I don't do shout-outs. I don't like to shout at people. So I'll call them my honorable mentions. And at a, during our last show, we celebrated Veterans Day. And to me, as a veteran for 24 years active duty, it really means a lot. And my husband, John, and I celebrated the weekend in Dallas where we attended American Airlines Skyball. And they actually had a three-day gala in honor of that. It started off that Thursday with the Medal of Honor black tie, which I love black tie events because it can get all dressed up. And they had 73, actually of, they had 15 of the 73 living Medal of Honor recipients who were present, which I think are incredible. And one of the things I have always appreciated about these men, the Medal of Honor recipients, is that they're the most humble people you will ever meet. They will always downplay the fact that they ha- are wearing the greatest honor that this nation can bestow upon them. So that was our first event on Thursday night. And then on Friday, we were gathered at the American a- Airlines Hangar 5 at DFW Airport, this huge hangar. Has like a 747 in the hangar. It's all fixed up. There's a huge stage, beautiful graphics. And they had a fantastic show. They had Terry Fader perform the ventriloquist from Vegas, who donated his proceeds to the Gold Star families and veterans organizations. And then they had the Lieutenant Dan Band, starring Gary Sinise from Forrest Gump fame. And Gary Sinise is an amazing entertainer, heart of gold, great guy. I had met him many years ago at the Medal of Honor events at the Reagan Library, and it's just such a delight to see him. And again, he's a, he's a really humble guy and a great actor. And then the big finale was last Saturday, which was their Sky Ball, which had about 3,000 people. And the proceeds, again, go to the Gold Star families and veterans groups. And they talked about what does it take to change the character of our young people in our country. And there's a program that the Medal of Honor recipients engage in, in which they go to the high schools. And they're interviewed by the students and teachers about their experience in the military and what they had to do that that uh, uh, caused them to be awarded the Medal of Honor, what kind of courage it took, what kind of character it took. And we need role models. And I think that's really the message is getting the role models. So this week has been really my week about honoring heroes. Yesterday, I was a guest speaker at a special luncheon here in town in Scottsdale at the retired Secret Service agents who live in Scottsdale and Phoenix. And there are about 30 of them with their spouses. And I was introduced by a very dear friend, Robert DeProspero. And Bob DeProspero was a Secret Service agent under Reagan. And the story with Bob is he was planning to be in the limousine with President Reagan on that fateful day in March of 1981 when Reagan was shot. And right as President Reagan was walking down the pathway to the limousine on the South Lawn, Bob was accompanying him. And then Jerry Parr, the lead agent, pulled up in a vehicle and said, Bob, I got it. I'll take the president to the to the Hilton. So Bob said, great, I'll go get some lunch. <clears throat> and it was right after that that Bob was monitoring the radio traffic and heard the president had been shot. So Bob had had a very successful career in the Secret Service, then worked in consulting, and ultimately retired in in Arizona. And part of the reason was he would visit Arizona with Nancy Reagan when she would come and visit her father, Loyal Davis, when he lived here. So Bob came to live here, and he is one of my heroes, just a hardworking, honest, good guy. Grew up in West Virginia, was uh, in education, was a high school coach, was a wrestling instructor. His wife, he and his wife Patty had been married many years, happily married, wonderful family. And again, he's my hero. 
So this is a time of year that I always get excited about. I, I, I get both excited and stressed because it always happens right after Halloween and it's the season. As my husband and I look, uh, laugh about sometimes, we'll hear the announcement on the radio on television, the season is upon us. And it's really, we think of the symphony, but it's really the season of the holiday season. It's getting ready for Thanksgiving. And then you go right into the holidays with Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, all that exciting activity. And even now, the Christmas music is on the radio. I, I'm, I'm trying to handle that for me. That, that's really freaking me out. Right after Halloween, we already have Christmas music. If you go to the stores, they're already decorated for Christmas. Even before Thanksgiving, it used to be right after, after Thanksgiving, they would have that Friday. You can go shopping. Everything's decorated. But no, it's right after Thanksgiving. So right as we dive in into that hectic season, I always say, listen, i got to put brakes on myself because I can get really worked up about the Thanksgiving. It's all about the preparations. And you get so lost in preparing and scheduling and all those details that you lose sight of the big picture. Like, what are we doing now? What's, what's this all about? And so I looked back and I said, okay, let me reflect upon Thanksgiving, what it means here as an American, as our American holiday. We know the Canadians celebrate thank their own Thanksgiving. It was about a month ago. But for our holiday as, as Americans, we celebrate it because I looked at the date, it was 1621, when the Pilgrims and the Wampanoag Indians in Massachusetts got together and they celebrated a really good harvest. That was their harvest festival. And so that carried on over time, and our American tradition is that we gather with our family, no matter how dysfunctional they may be, we gather together and we share turkey, and it's all about expressing our gratitude. And I think, as for somebody who was not born in this country, who was brought here through the military, that it's especially meaningful to me to express gratitude about being an American and celebrating this. My, again, my parents didn't come over on the Mayflower. They came over on the Boeing, as people say. You, you know, they weren't fresh off the boat. They're fresh off the Boeing, right? But I think of my journey of becoming an American, and it was a struggle, and I will never take it for granted. And I, I find it curious that when people meet me for the first time and they just look at me, and it's too bad we're not on television because you can understand this when you see me, I, I'm Asian appearing, right? My, my countenance, my face, I'm Asian, which you can tell if you identify. Well, people will meet me and they'll say, where are you from? And when I was at the White House for nine years, I would go different places and they'll go, where are you from? And when I used to be in Little Rock, they go, girl, where are you from? And I would say, I'm from Maryland, without any accent, and it would just blow them away. Nowadays, they'll go, where are you from? And I said, I'm from Scottsdale, Arizona. And I would always think that answer, that simple answer would suffice, but they really want more. You know, they really want to know where your people from, what is your genetic background, really? Where, I mean, and they say, are you, are you from the islands? Are you, you know, and so I just say, listen, my parents are from the Philippines, father joined the U.S. Navy, but I'm American, and I have Filipino roots, and, and if you, you know, if you want to look at my genetic background, I did do the 23andMe because I thought that was fascinating. And I, I realized I'm like 99.06% is Malaysian Chinese blend. But I also found it amusing that I have about 0.14% Ashkenazi Jew. So when I saw that, I quickly called my sister Lori in San Diego. I said, Lori, oy vey, we're part of the tribe. I was really very proud of that. And my Jewish patients thought that was really great too. So, you know, we're a little bit of everything, right? So when people will look at me, they'll always think, gee, she looks Asian, but darn, she sort of acts Caucasian. And I really laugh because I love blasting away stereotypes. I really hate stereotypes. And a lot of people are limited by stereotypes because they think, oh, I'll just put you in this little, this little container or this little, this little category, and then I'm dismissing you because I know all about you. And you have no idea anything about me or the complexity of who I am. And you've already written me off by just the way I look. It's already judging the book by the cover and there's no way you know the content of this book. So I always find that intriguing. But as someone who's not born in this country, it's really been the challenge about trying to fit in. And I always felt that I was disadvantaged in some ways growing up when I looked around me. I, I was, you know, as my dad said, gee, I wish we had had a boy first. And I, my mom had to apologize to him when she gave birth. I'm sorry. I, I, I'll, have a, I'll have a boy next time. And, 
you know, I had to tell her later biologically, it's the male who determines the, 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 the uh, gender of your child, not the female. So we had to correct that with mom. But then, you know, I'm not tall enough. I don't have freckles. I don't have blonde hair, blah, blah, blah. You know, so pretty soon you get sick and tired because you don't fit anybody's stereotype. But then now that I'm mature and wiser and smarter, I believe that there are a lot of advantages to my disadvantages. And I think my striving to achieve and overachieve was really because I felt inadequate, that I always felt like I had to prove something. And one of the things was I never wanted to be poor again. You know, I, I realized later, growing up as a child of enlisted, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. But my parents were very frugal. They saved money. But we really weren't, I mean, we weren't country club at all. There's no way. Uh, so I, we didn't have money. Went to public school. Couldn't afford private school. And I really, really pushed me to overachieve. And one of my patients says, well, what really motivated you? And I said, well, I hate to say it, but the the mantra that I grew up with was you're never good enough. And even becoming a rear admiral, I was only good enough for that. But still, in the back of my mind, there's this nagging, you're never good enough. You need to keep keep pushing. And then after a while, you realize I need to be at peace with this, that I accept the fact that I stand out. But I like to flip those words around, that even though I stand out as different, I can be outstanding. And there's a reason that I, out, I stand out from the crowd and that I choose to honor my family roots and traditions. And one of the things for which I'm grateful for being the child of Asian immigrants is the heritage that we bring to this country of people who are hard work, who don't quit, who are humble, who believe in their family and their faith. And it's really through dis overcoming those disadvantages that really become great Americans. And a lot of it is I look at my identity as being American, and I think of being in the armed forces more than anything is wearing the uniform that you identify. But it really hit me about 10 years ago how truly American I and my family were when my cousin Jude died on active duty in Qatar. He was in the Air Force. He was killed in a horrible accident overseas, and he came home in a casket with the American flag on it. And so we had his service in Vallejo, California, in a chapel there. I wore my uniform. All my cousins and my elderly uncles wore their uniforms, and, and his family became a Gold Star family. Uh, the other memory I have was a particular poignant memory was when I was at the White House, and it was when President Clinton visited the Philippines. It was official state visit to Manila. And on our way to Manila on board Air Force One, the President was talking, was talking to me about how excited he was about his visit, and he asked me more about my family, and he knew a little bit about the background. But my father's, uh, father's father was a tailor on the island of Corregidor during World War II, and he had sewn the uniforms of the servicemen on that island. So I reminded the president about the story of my father and, and his uncles and how they be became American citizens. So the president knew that story well. So by the time we, we did our trip, we wound up in Malacanang Palace, and President Clinton introduced me to President Ramos. And as an aside, President Clinton looks at President Ramos, pre Philippine president, and says, well, had she stayed in the Philippines, she would be your doctor. So, and then I realized, well, Mr. President, maybe I wouldn't have been a doctor had I stayed here. And, and I think back on that trip, and one of the things I remember was we did a motorcade through the streets of Manila. And you see the very stark differences between the very rich and the very poor. There are not a lot of middle class people. And I'm in this 25 car motorcade. I'm in the spare limo, so it looks just like the president's limo. He's in, in front or behind me, depending on what they want to do. So I'm in this armored limo with Secret Service. The president's assistant is sitting beside me. And I'm looking out the window, and these little kids, the little Filipino kids, the street urchins, are running alongside the limo, and they have their fingers on the glass of, the, of my window in the limo. And I'm waving to them, and I'm touching the glass. And that moment, it strikes me, if not by the grace of God, I would be on the other side of that glass, that there is a reason I'm in the limo, that I could have easily been one of those little kids in the street. And I have to realize, what was that purpose? Why did God bring me to that place in my life? So I think of that as being grateful, of having been delivered in a lot of ways from the land of my parents to here. And this is my home. And I think of Thanksgiving, and I think of our journey to become Americans, and our two guests today who I've invited to come out are dear friends of mine, and we've had a really interesting story. 
and they both were on my show four years ago when we talked about love and marriage and they're back in fact tomorrow they're going to celebrate their fifth wedding anniversary so i think it's really cool that they're here and we're going to break in a few minutes but let me let me get their bios out to you and then we'll come back and and i'll we'll start talking but I've got in my studio today some dear friends of mine, extremely talented couple. I, I think they're truly a power couple. They're a young, powerful couple in a lot of ways. I have Maureen Francisco and her husband, David Van Merritt. And a little bit about Maureen. She, uh, when she was five years old, Maureen's family emigrated to the United States from the Philippines. And at that time, Maureen spoke very little English. And she, that made her the subject of a lot of teasing in school when she came here. But she wanted to pursue her education. She worked three jobs after school and on the weekends, and, and she worked on the weekends. It wasn't easy, but she pe persevered and she graduated cum laude from Pacific Lutheran University with a degree in print broadcast journalism. She was the only graduate in her class offered an on-air position right out of college, so it shows you how outstanding she was. She spent the next five years rising in the ranks of the media world as a TV news reporter or a weekend anchor at a station affiliates around the country, ending up at a station in the top 12 market of Seattle, Washington. Around that time, she became the first contestant on CBS's Power of Ten with Drew Carey as well as joining the reality show Solitary 3.0. And she segued into modeling, acting, and writing. And if you had her on TV, you realize how beautiful she is. She currently serves as the co-owner of NW Productions. It's a media production company as, and is busily working on a first screenplay. I mean, she's incredible. She runs marathons. She's happily married to David. She's the mother of Malachi. I mean, it's, it's like Superwoman here. So I'm going to take a little break because my, my studio guys are telling me this. I'm going to come back and introduce you the equally talented and handsome David Van Maren. So stand by. We've got a great show in store. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the president of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families, Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano, this is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. 
That's one 346 9141 You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. In the first part of our show, I was introducing our special guest today, Maureen Francisco and David Van Maren, and I had uh, was sharing with you Maureen's incredible story of coming to the United States, excelling in school, becoming a broadcast journalist, and a media guru, media specialist. And in addition, she's an author of a book entitled It Takes Moxie, and it talks about the changing color of the American workforce and the communities. And in it, I'm very honored to have been interviewed for this book, in addition to Richard Cho, who is the first Asian American general manager of a major sports franchise. Amy Chua is in that, too. She's the author of the best-selling uh, Battle Hymn of the Tiger Mother. Teddy Z, the Hollywood producer of Hitch, The Pursuit of Happiness and Life of Something Like It. And so she's got great interviews in that. But it's a, it's a great read. It's inspiring. It's on the cover, it says, off the boat or out of school it, to making your way in America. And Maureen knows how to do that because she is a success story. Truly, if you'd like to get a copy, which I encourage you to do, you can go on to Amazon and purchase your book there. You can also look at Maureen Francisco's website, which we'll post on our website. But I also want to introduce you, David Van Maren. David, also in studio, he has over 30 years of being in the entertainment industry. David has been an actor, an agent, a manager, booking thousands of jobs for celebrities, models, actors, music artists, athletes, and others. Today, he is the co-executive producer and co-founder of NW Productions. He concentrates his efforts in live productions, including four state competitions for the Miss USA and Miss Teen USA pageants, red carpet events, reality programming, and pitching TV shows. And he is happily married. He and Maureen tomorrow will celebrate their fifth wedding anniversary, and they have an incredible little two-year-old son, Malachi. So welcome, Maureen and David. Thank you for having Thanks. us. Uh, we appreciate being here. They were our guests. You guys were our guests about four years ago when we did that special show on love. And, and you had just, my gosh, you had just gotten married. You guys were newlyweds. And, and you, you gave us the honor. You Both of you attended my son, Andrew Stevens, and his wife, Aaron's wedding about three years ago. So this is, this is a neat time to have you back. I thought you would be the perfect guest because you're a power couple. You're both young. You're millennials, right? Yeah, I mean, you're just, you're, you're, he's looking at me funny. You're young. You're, you know, you're into social media. You've got very busy lives. But you're also, when you look at you, people always think, well, David's either Vietnamese, you're Vietnamese, I'm Chinese, you know. And you, you have that same experience. Maureen came to this country. She didn't speak English. David will tell about how you came to this country. But I think I, I want to share a little bit about your journey here because this show is really about gratitude, about being American, and each of you came in a special way. Uh, David, do you want to sh- share how you came? Sure. I um, was found uh, in Korea, and I was put in an orphanage, and I got moved from orphanage to orphanage, and every time you get moved from one orphanage, you get a new name. And um, ultimately, if you get moved around enough, you become a, a number. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get adopted, and I came to America in 1971 when I was, give or take, but approximately five years old. So they just gave me a, a, a birth date, and, and uh, that's how I got to America. Do you remember what it was like in, in oh, South yeah. Korea? Oh, yeah. I think my, my strongest, most vivid memory was starving. Oh, gosh. And, and just looking for anything for food on the ground. And, and it didn't matter what it was because if it was moving, it was it was food. If it wasn't moving, it was food. So, um, you know, and I think that's what um, most people in America don't realize is even the poverty in America is nothing like poverty in, in most rest of the world. And then you were adopted. Well, I was right. adopted, and uh, I went from one extreme to the other extreme. And uh, how blessed I am and how uh, thankful I am. So your parents, your mom and dad, they're the ones who raised you? Yeah, Dutch parents, and uh, they had full love, and they just decided, you know what, we, we could add to our family, and uh, and so they did. And when I got to this country, it was it was such an eye-opener. Um, one of the first words, English words that I learned was, okay. Mm-hmm. So they would put food in front of me, and they would look at me, and I would eat it, and then they would bring more food and they wouldn't set it down and I'd look at them and I'd say okay <laughs> and they'd give me more food so I, I learned quickly that okay meant food Oh, okay. so I uh, in f- fact they had to take food away from me to stop me from eating oh, 
gosh. It was just, it was one of those things I couldn't help but to keep on eating. Yeah. Yeah, every yeah. meal. So you know what it's like to starve. Oh, yeah. My gosh. Yeah. So, you know, you, you actually should write a book about <laughs> your story about that. Y you know, I, um, I'm just, what I can say is that I know other people that have had it far worse than I have. Yeah. I always think about that, you know. Yeah. Um, I may have complaints and I may have um, issues and obstacles, but man, when I look at some other places, there's other people that have it much worse than I do. So I have to be grateful and thankful for what I have. You know, I look at that and I look at Maureen's story. I mean, you came, you know, you were born in the Philippines. Very humble beginnings. I was actually showing David the pictures of our house, which more, which looked like more of a shanty, to be honest with you. It was something where there was definitely no building codes. <laughs> it was four pieces of wood put together. And I lived in a house with 15 family members, and we only had one bathroom. The living room would become the bedroom. The kitchen would become the bedroom. Because when you have that many family members, you just make do. And when I came here to America, where I had basically my own bedroom, my own bathroom, I realized, wow. Yeah. This is a land of opportunities and something in my mind shifted thinking, what do I need to do to make sure my life is better and I never go back? Yeah. How did yes. you come over? My dad um, was in the military and we had either the option of staying in the Philippines or coming to America. Mm -hmm. And my dad said there's way more opportunities in America. So I was blessed that my dad decided we need to move. My mom remarried, just mm -hmm. to give you some background. My biological father passed away when I was about a year old, mm -hmm. and my mom remarried. Mm -hmm. She married uh, somebody in the military. Mm -hmm. So you, America brought you here. Exactly, yes. Yeah, I and mean, yeah, our place of birth isn't where we wind up. It's, it's, you know, it's where you wind up, you know, what your journey here. But were you, you said you were, you know, teased growing up, right? Yes. They gave you a hard time. Because when you come here to this country and you can't speak English, people look at you differently. Mm -hmm. And I remember going home thinking, I don't like that feeling. I don't like being teased anymore. Mm -hmm. So rather than watching cartoons, I would watch the news. Mm -hmm. And I would listen to the news reporters or anchors say certain words, and I would practice saying those words out loud. Mm -hmm. And that's how I learned English. It's interesting on radio, when people listen to us, and if you say, if you put some pictures and had them guess what we look like, they would have no idea. Because looking at us, if you took our picture, you would think we'd be speaking in Chinese or Vietnamese yep. or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's, it, you know, we talk about stereotypes. But when I look at both your lives, you know, you had similar, you know, very difficult lives working your way. Why do you think you did so well? I think when you know where you came from, mm -hmm. then you have a, a, a basis point to go from. Um, you know, and you never want to be in that position of, okay, if I'm going to have a family in the future, I don't want them to have to go through what, what we went through. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got to be able to provide. But in order to do that, you got to work hard. you got to have a work ethic. You have to have grit in life and then go after it because America, the way that we see it, is the land of opportunity. Well, who taught you, David? I mean, was it your parents? It was my parents. Um, you know, my parents, um, they grew up in the Depression, so um, they were very, very um, conservative with all the things that they had. And, you know, if the lights are on, you turn the lights off if you do. So they always would were, were do everything they could to conserve as much as they could. And I think that's what instilled in so many of us, you know, Maureen included yourself, um, to be able to do things where, okay, we've got to conserve in order to do that, then we've got to turn out. And then on top of that, you have to work hard. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of have a disconnect is, oh, because I'm this kind of a, a situation or that kind of a situation that I can't get myself out of it. Well, you can, but you know, you got to work hard. You know, and both of you have. I mean, you've done multiple jobs. I mean, I think Maureen mentioned, did you work in Alaska for a while? I mean, oh, yeah. I, I've worked in every kind of trade that you can possibly imagine from starting in as a, a dishwasher and bussing tables and burning my arm in, in pizza ovens to uh, fishing and um, um, construction and running equipment and all kinds of other jobs. But you went from there 
to running beauty pageants. <laughs> I know. Yeah, how, and now, how do you do that? Deegan agent for well, models. Yes. How, how did you do that? You know, I um, had the opportunity, I was given some opportunities to work in front of the camera um, when I was wrestling in college and, and just uh, some people had said, hey, you should try doing some, some stuff here. And so I did. And uh, one thing kind of led to another. And I was asked to be an extra in a movie. And then it kind of continued to progress from there. What movie? Uh, well, a, a bunch of them. And um, one of them was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> so I did that. And uh, the casting director, we and she and I became really good friends. And she said, hey, you should become uh, an agent because you're really good with people. And I was like, well, how do you do that? Do you have to go to college, certain degree, or what? And she, she said, no, actually, I can maybe hook you up and so that's how it all started and uh, I was a judge in a, a Miss Washington USA pageant in 1999 and it completely shifted my perception of what pageants were about which I thought were just about hair and my gown and, and my face it became much more than that and it, these women were so driven and filled full of goals and aspirations and I found out wow these women are so bright so smart and they got so much going for them and, uh, and that's kind of how I got involved in, in the, the world of pageantry. Wow, and, and again, both of you can do a reality show or even a book about the beauty industry, I mean, the pageant industry. But I look at, you know, again, parallel course with Maureen, <coughs> her being a news anchor and being on television and modeling and all the things and writing your book, and then you work together now, right, and your productions? We do, we work together, we work actually in across from each other, <laughs> there's a desk where we work at and being married and working together you have to have excellent communication skills mm -hmm. and also you have to be able to laugh at each other mm -hmm. that has been the key to our success now back to one of your questions earlier why do you think you're so successful mm -hmm. based on some of the challenges you've had earlier in life and I think it's because when when I've learned that Life is not fair. There's always going to be somebody taller than you, smarter than you, faster, and so on. Here's one thing I did learn. Whether you're rich or poor, man or woman, each of us has 24 hours in a day. And that clicked for me. Mm -hmm. And that told me I have the choice of either filling good thoughts in my mind or doing activities that will help me reach to my next goal or... I can do things opposite from that. And since I know for a fact that there is 24 hours in a day, I choose to work hard. Mm -hmm. And I choose to fill my mind with positive thoughts because I'm a firm believer that what you think will become your reality. Amen, that's for sure. I, I really believe you, you have great advice about that. I think a lot of people, they don't really realize. They, they think they can't choose, mm -hmm. that they, they are victims. That's right. And you don't realize, no, you choose that. You choose. And there's a lot. You're right. There's a lot that's not right. But you know what? That's life. That's life right. sucks. Yes. We all die. Mm -hmm. Okay. Were you going to complain about that? <laughs> yeah. But the fact that you have the power to choose, mm -hmm. to change your attitude, I think that's huge. And, you know, you, both of you are role models for the Asian American community, but anybody. And we were talking on the break about, you know, you don't identify as Asian or Se from Seattle. You're just a human being. That's and right. that when, when you limit yourself by saying, well, I'm this particular category, then you really limit that's right. What you are. You are God's gift, and you can be as fabulous as you can be beyond the limitations of who you appear to be. And I think people, that's why I hate stereotypes. And right. I love shattering it because people just don't know. I mean, right. they have no idea. But what kind of advice do you give immigrants for people coming over here? What do you tell them? I think, um, first of all, you have to go after your dreams. You have to learn English. It's really important. Mm -hmm. And then go after dreams. And there will be obstacles, many obstacles. Mm -hmm. But that's okay because it's so much sweeter when you have that victory. Mm -hmm. And no matter what those obstacles are, you keep on getting up. You keep on getting up. There's plenty of people that are older that'll, that will say, oh, gosh, I almost did this and I almost did that. And I should have done this and I should have done that. There's so many people should and they're shouldn't all over themselves. So they have got to just go after life and, um, and then find mentors that are successful. You got to be around people that are successful, people that you want to be like. Be around them. You know, one of the things I talk about when somebody says, well, who, who should I marry? Who should I date? And I say, you should be your biggest fan. And your best friends are people who raise you up, not put yes. you down. That when you're with them, you are the best you can be. Mm -hmm. And But Maureen, I mean, look, look at you. You're a success story. What, what do you tell people who say, Maureen, how did you do it? In your book, tell us what you share. 
So definitely have excellent mentors, as David said, but also just know that life is going to be hard. Have grit, have resilience, and just keep going after it. It took me 200 letters before an agent said yes to my book. Wow. 200 <laughs> letters. And thanks to you writing the forward of my book, that opened so many doors. So I tell people, you just need to find that one yes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to find a new audience. So if you keep getting the door closed on your face, it's time to find a new audience. But just keep going after it and never tell, never let anyone tell you you can't do something. That's, that's great advice. It really is. I think what I find interesting is the story of how you two met. Do you, who wants to share that? Can you share that, how you met? Well, when I was writing my book, I wanted to interview people who either came from humble beginnings or immigrants because I wanted to know how come with so many life challenges, they're still successful. And I remember somebody messaging me on Facebook. It was um, someone who was married to a producer who I knew about 20 years ago who said, Maureen, would you mind to taking out this young woman for coffee. She wants to learn about the news business. So I took her out for coffee. I shared with her, get an internship, have great mentors and work hard, be the first one in the newsroom, be the last one to leave and be a sponge to learn. When our conversation was over, she then asked me, well, what are you working on? Is there anything that I can contribute to you? And I said, you know what? I'm actually interviewing immigrants. Do you know anybody? And she goes, I want you to meet my state director, David because David's story is so fascinating. Here he was um, living in an orphanage, and now he breathes words of wisdom into women about going after your dreams. So I met David. This was May of 2011, and I never thought anything of that meeting, meaning, oh, is this going to be my husband? I actually thought you were married because you were very professional, and, uh, and I brought my laptop, and I recorded the entire conversation. Then several months later, I emailed David and said, David, my book is actually going to be published. May I take you out to dinner to say thank you? And it took us, what, several weeks to finally meet up. I invited him to an event. It was called um, an Ascend event where we are about um, uh, recognizing uh, young professionals and helping them. Uh, David didn't know this, but there was a photographer there taking pictures of the people um, at the event, and David looked so bored. (laughs) (laughs) David looked so bored, and I felt so bad that I didn't entertain him. So I emailed him and said, let me make it up to you. Let me take you out to dinner. And we finally met up on March 23, 2012. And David told me that day he knew that I was going to be his wife. Oh, my gosh. Well, stay tuned. We take a quick break, and we're going to come back and hear more about this great love story, but also talk about gratitude and Thanksgiving. So stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the President of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families. Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano. This is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. 
For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. We all have unique experiences and outlooks when it comes to leadership and team building. Yet sometimes we clash, even when trying to achieve the exact same goals. Check out Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. Your host is Dr. Cass Henry. A shared journey equals success. And every human interaction has the power to achieve this success by working together. Tune in every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. This is one of those great shows that we can talk for hours because the guests have such fascinating lives, but they also have great lessons of living to share and the advice. I've got David Van Maren and Maureen Francisco who came to this country from very difficult beginnings. David starved as an orphan child in Korea. Maureen was an impoverished Filipina gal. Uh, from the, the from the slums in the Philippines and came over also like I did through the military and both are very successful entrepreneurs executives in the media production industry as well as beauty pageants and uh, Maureen's an author of a book and very busy exciting times in their lives but they've both demonstrated their true grit their hard working the fact that the great advice they give is that accept that life's going to be hard but work you work at it and Maureen was sharing about how they knew they were going to get married when they met through her book, right? You knew this was going to happen? At first, I didn't, actually. I actually had to email David and said, are you flirting with me? And David goes, oh, my gosh, this woman can't tell that I'm totally flirting with her <laughs> because he was so professional. So that's the ongoing joke. Uh, but, yeah, after um, a couple weeks later, when David said, hey, I haven't dated in a long, long time, and I wanted to make sure the next person I date is who I'm going to marry. But I know for a fact it's going to be you. So we got married. Over 12 years yes. of, of not dating. Wow. Because I, needed to, I knew that I needed to work on my character as a man to be a good man. Yeah, good you for know. you, especially being in the beauty industry with yeah. beauty pageants. People think all oh, these beautiful models are throwing themselves at you all the time, but but you know you you expose a different part of beauty pageants because people's always always think well you know they're all it's all about hair and makeup and superficial, but you say how difficult that business is. It's very difficult, and and in the behind the scenes, it's about. Um, building confidence in young people, mm-hmm. helping them learn how to have much better interview skills and networking skills. And when they get out of our presence, they feel so much more confident about going after life, their interviews. Um, and that's what we're all about is empowering these young women to be much more successful. Yeah, not just another pretty face, no, but it's at, at the inside. Yep. And you both have done many pageants. And I know you had my son Andrew involved, and he came back after a couple as a judge and said, "Mom, it's tough business. It is. Those families out there are really rude, and they'll they'll kill you. <laughs> Their contestant doesn't win. It exactly. isn't a, it really is. And you have to be super smart and poised and confident to do that. But we've got a few minutes left of the show, and I, I want to go back to our theme of of gratitude. And I want to ask each of you tell tell me what in the audience what you're grateful for this Thanksgiving? I feel like Thanksgiving is more than a holiday. It's more of an attitude. Mm -hmm. And I told David this on our way here. I said, David, I'm so thankful that I have a loving husband, a beautiful and healthy son, and we're very healthy people, and that we can continue to dream together. On March 10th, we're going to have our very first um, award show celebrating pageant people, former contestant, current contestants, anybody who works behind the scenes. And I'm so grateful that I get to dream big with you. Mm. And again, to me, every day I wake up and I just am so blessed that I get to live this life. 
I think for me, um, being thankful to God for who you are. You are a miracle of God. So what are you going to do with what you got? You carry great riches. A lot of people don't feel like I can't do something because I don't have the resources. Well, you actually already carry the resources. You are wealth. You have riches. And so what do you do with that? Quit experimenting with your talents. Quit dating your, your abilities. Marry your potential and all things are possible. So just give thanks to God during this time and uh, don't don't be the person playing the role of the victim trying to find that one seat at the Thanksgiving table. Amen. You guys have great, great advice. I, I, I echo a lot of that. I always think it's, it's about God, family, country, mm-hmm. and which is more, you know, how American can you be, right? Yeah. I, I think in terms of God, my faith guides me. I, mm-hmm. I believe, as you do, that our lives aren't by accident, nope. that it is pre-planned that we are in this life, and each one of us has to figure out why was I brought into this life? I meant to do something good, not bad, something good. And, and that's really my path to follow that. And it's one of the founding principles of faith that guides this country, that, that really brought this country into existence is mm-hmm. faith. The second, definitely family, is my husband, number one, my husband, John, who I, I share such a great relationship with him. I love being with him. And whenever you're married, you just have to be, you know, you know it's a good marriage because you love being with that person. You don't have to be glued at the hip, but you just are excited. You look forward to being with them and sharing time. And I think it's amazing that you two are such great partners, business partners, but life partners as well. And I think a lot of that is you respect each other. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you equal value, you're, you judge, you know, you have amazing talents, both of you, but you do respect each other and what you do. I think the hardest job you'll have is being parents because, you know, it's it's tough. It's, it's a tough road. You're all, the hardest job you'll ever have is being a parent because your job is never done. The other thing of which I'm support, uh, grateful are my kids, and you'll see that as Malachi gets old. I mean, your little guys is adorable. It's such a precious, and there's nothing like the miracle of bringing life in. I mean, you're touched. You, you were in the, in the hospital when she delivered, and you held him for the first time. And, yeah. and I look at my kids now who are 30 and 28, and, and Andrew is a father. You know, he and Aaron have Addison and Alex, and I think people think it's great to be a parent oh it's even better to be a grandparent that's like wait till you you just ask your mom right but I also have wonderful stepchildren and I don't I don't like the word stepkids I just say they're my kids too yes because whenever if if someone remarries anytime you marry you marry their family you just accept we are we are one family and there was a reason those kids came into my life too that I'm not I can never be their biological mother but maybe I can be a spiritual mother in a lot of ways to be loving and supportive and and caring of them. Uh, I also am grateful for my my roots. My, my sister calls them bamboo shoots, <laughs> Filipino roots, or you know the rice paddy roots. And my dad, who's ninety three, who lives in San Diego, uh, is struggling a little bit, well, actually quite a bit with dementia. And mm. he he asked my sister the other day when she said, "Well, what are you doing for Thanksgiving?" And he said, well, "What's Thanksgiving?" And it's like he had forgotten. So I'm, I'm going to go see him this weekend and, and, and check in on him. I, I am grateful for my brother Angel, who really is an angel. He was suitably named, who works as a, a defense contract worker but takes care of my dad at home. Wow. And I think one of the hardest things is to have the love and patience to take care of an el- elderly parent. My sister Lori, her wife Val, who who have such a bright light, sense of humor. We, we, you, you share that history of growing up together. One of the things I do, it's my ritual, it's my six-mile gratitude drive. Because a lot, in the past, I would just jump into the car and go to work. I have the radio on, and I would just get worked up. So by the time I get to work, I would just be hyperventilating because I'd be so upset. So what I do now is I have the phone off. I don't check my phone. I turn off my phone. I turn the radio off. And it's a six-mile drive from my driveway to my office. And as I'm driving, I'm looking around, going the speed limit, and I'm looking around the beauty. And I say out loud, I start off, dear God, thank you for my life. And from there, I start with me, my health, and then I move to my husband and, and all the things. And I think we all sort of ought to do some type of exercise, consciously or subconsciously, for which we are grateful. And even if it means Thanksgiving, the once a year, thank you. I mean, how many times people actually say thank you? That's you know, for sure, boy. Thank you. Yeah. You know, we and you see it in the customer service industry. 
the lack of people being just courteous, being nice. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's such a delight to say, well, thanks for being so nice. Thanks for saying that. Yes. But I think as I look at my prescription as a doctor to listeners, what can we do for Thanksgiving? You know, when you sit down to that Thanksgiving dinner, realize you have the choice, as Maureen says. You have the choice to be better or bitter. It's the, and the, what's the difference between the word better or bitter is the letter I. It's not about I, it's about everyone, all of us. And that I choose to have a good attitude, I choose to be grateful, I choose to be a positive force in the world. And I always say, well, if you don't like what's out there, why don't you become the change that you want to see in this world? Mm-hmm. You can affect that. But I say count your blessings, of which all you know, the three of us know. We know what it's like being rough. I mean, I joke with my friends that we live in Scottsdale, and a lot of these people's here, they, they realize a bad day in Scottsdale is where you have very little cell on your phone, and you have to wait at Starbucks. <laughs> oh my gosh, they made me wait at Starbucks. I'm going to cry. It's like, get over it. I mean, uh, you know, you look at what you've been through. But also thank the people who impacted your life. Yes. Don't wait for them to die. Don't wait for them, you know, to something happen. But be grateful for that. But also think of the possibilities that you can make your life better. Nobody's going to make it for you. Nobody's going to rescue you. You you have it. But it's also empowering that you have the ability to do that. That if you don't like your life, you have the power to make the decision to change that. And I think for that, we should all be grateful that you have that. You're not a prisoner of that. And that you live in a country that someone like me, someone like David, someone like Maureen can be sitting in a studio now speaking perfect English and and looking at what we've been able to accomplish in this life considering where we came from is a miracle yes and that it's available to everybody out there if they choose to go that way not be a victim but be a victor yes and choose to be positive and choose to be grateful and humble so I'm going to wrap that up. I want to thank you, Maureen, thank you. for being on the show. I want everybody to go out to Amazon.com and our Maureen's website on MaureenFrancisco.com. Please get a copy of her book, It Takes Moxie. It's a great read. It's inspiring. You don't have to be an immigrant. You could be somebody born here. But I think it inspires you to be a better person. I want to thank you, David, thank for you. your words of wisdom. He's like the guru. He's very calm. He is. He's very poised. <laughs> you know, for him to be so calm and work in the in the beauty industry, there's a lot of estrogen there. So you must have a lot of testosterone to balance that. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you. And Happy anniversary tomorrow. You guys should celebrate while you're in Scottsdale. But I also want to tell the audience to, I want to really share my gratitude for you for listening in today. And for those who are tuning in next week, actually Thanksgiving Day, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Count your blessings and be grateful. So God bless you all and have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you again for joining us this week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. We'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week.